It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and therapeutic nutrition counseling. You know, last week I had a wonderful letter from Ted in Chicago. He shared his life-changing health results in an email. Ted said, since I started listening to Dishing Up Nutrition three years ago, I've gone from 228 pounds to 162 pounds. Wow. You have you all have helped me immensely. You guys are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also celebrating my second anniversary on January 15th of ditching five psych drugs that I had taken for 30 years. That's amazing. So I expose a combination of antidepressants and things and he says I feel great. So he got off of five medications. Wow. No depression, no mood swings. That's what proper nutrition and optimizing my gut flora has done. Now, this, these are Ted's words. Yep, yep. Now, I even make up my own raw, organic sauerkraut for good bacteria. That's so great. he's really into it, isn't yep, he? Yep, <laughs> So Ted changed his nutrition, and he changed his brain chemistry, so he need, no longer needs his psych drugs at all. Ted also changed his nutrition and changed his weight. He lost 66 pounds. Wow. That's a lot of weight. That's right. And again, Ted changed his nutrition and changed his digestive system, so today he feels great. That's right. So, Ted, Ted thanks for the email. That's a great testimonial. Is it? I yeah. agree. Today I thought we would look at several reasons you may struggle with your metabolism. And we actually call this show The Science of Metabolism. Because it is so much more than calories in and calories out. That's right. Oh, yeah. We know for sure, don't we, Leah? We if do. you drop your calorie intake to 500 calories, almost everyone would lose weight. Yeah, and be miserable. But how? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And how long can you keep up on a starvation diet? And what about all the nutrients you would be missing out on? Mm-hmm. What will happen? To, you know, you have to ask that. What's going to happen to your health if you do that? That's right. So joining me, and you heard her voice, is Leah Wetzel, who is a certified nutrition specialist and a licensed nutritionist. Leah also sits on the State Board of Dietetics and Nutritional pra- Nutrition Practice. Yes. And um, Leah, yes. you personally have changed your metabolism. I have. So I guess everybody wants to know why, well, how. Well, we'll talk more, really more in depth about that in a minute. But before we start, I want to also... Thanks for being on the show. I love being on the show with you, Dar. Oh, thank you, Leah. <laughs> I want to talk about, and and I want to make people aware about what the Board of Nutrition and Dietetic Practice does and what the main goal is. And it really is to protect the public from harm. So that's interesting. That's a big goal. It is a huge goal, definitely. So to give out nutritional advice in Minnesota, you must be a license licensed as a nutritionist or as a dietitian. So if you are a fitness trainer, a health coach, a psychologist, or even a mailman, 
You are not <laughs> legally allowed to practice nutrition. I, that's great, isn't it? It is. It takes yes. a long time to go through school and and internships and everything to get licensed yeah, as a nutritionist years. or dietitian. That's right. It's, it takes years to do so. And, the, and there's a reason for that um, because it, it takes lots of knowledge in order to practice nutrition properly. Yes. Right? So, uh, you know, just as you wouldn't be able to practice medicine unless you are a licensed medical doctor, mm-hmm. you, you know, you should, you legally can't practice nutrition unless you are a licensed nutritionist or a licensed registered dietitian. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. So, so many believe that they are, you know, experts in the field of nutrition. Yes. Especially in that area of metabolism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So that's why we wanted to look at the science of metabolism. Yes, and we've come to realize that really there are about six different reasons that people have slow metabolism. And by far, the most common reason is insulin resistance. So I know listeners are probably saying to themselves, what is insulin resistance? And why so many, why do so many people have Struggle. insulin resistance that's today? Right. Because we know a lot of people do. Really? Yeah, that's right. And, I, you know, I'd really like to share my personal story uh, about why I gained 50 pounds as a young adult and what I did to get rid of the weight and also my insulin resistance. You know, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't grow up eating the best. I didn't really have really good eating habits um, growing up. And, you know, I had asthma. You know, I used a lot of asthma medications, inhalers. I was on, on and off of prednisone. And my in my college years, I gained a lot of weight in a short period of time. So I was carrying an extra 50 pounds around. And as I look back, what I was eating, I was mainly eating sugar and processed carbs. And my asthma kept getting worse. And, of course, just you know, packing on the pounds. Yeah. <laughs> So, Leah, then I have to ask you exactly, what what were you eating to pack on those pounds? You know, as a reflection of kind of looking at what were kind of dominant foods and beverages in my diet, one of my favorite, I've, I've found, one of my favorite ways to pack on the pounds was to drink fruit juice. You know, I... And then that's kind of, I think, just that. Yeah. You were drinking fruit juice and gaining weight. That's right. Yep, that's right. And I, you know, really back then I thought I was doing something healthy. I had switched from drinking soda to, mm-hmm. you know, drinking two quarts or two jugs of uh, fruit juice um, in a week and not realizing, but it had high fructose corn syrup mm-hmm. in it. You know, and I, you know, stopping the soda, switching over to juice, in my mind, was a good thing. I know. And I think that, there's, you know, there's a lot of grandmas out there that are saying, they're shaking their head and saying, Juice, juice, I always heard was okay. Oh, yeah. But when you compare 12 ounces of Coke to 12 ounces of apple juice, yeah, we find that apple juice has about the same amount of sugar as a Coke. Isn't that amazing? You know, a Coke has 140 calories, about, and 10 teaspoons of sugar. Sure. An apple juice has 165 calories. Mm. So more calories. Okay, yeah. 25 more calories. That's right. And it has 9.8 teaspoons of sugar, wow. basically 10. Yeah. So right there, just about the same. So 
every time you give your toddler, mm-hmm. which I know you don't I do, don't. Yeah, I don't. A sippy cup of apple juice, your child is getting anywhere from, depending on how much you put in there, you know, six to eight to ten teaspoons of sugar. Yep. So often, and that's a lot for a little body to process. It is. Yeah. So you have to think about this. Often that is the beginning of a weight problem, mm-hmm. not even knowing it. Yeah. You know, the ugly truth is most fruit juices contain the similar amount of sugar as a soft drink. Wow. And not many parents would be putting a Coke in a sippy cup. That's right. That's you know. Right. No. They would not. They would say that's too much sugar. That's right. But it's the same if you're putting apple juice in, and that's the one that parents tend to use a lot yep. is apple juice. That's right. That's right. So that's affecting the cells. That's right. That's oh. right. It is so easy to drink massive amounts of juice. I mean, I used to just sit there, pull the jug out of the refrigerator, and just sit there and guzzle right out of the jug. I yep. mean, I could just exactly. drink, you know, easily drink 20 ounces. Yep, um, exactly. And, you know, I think that's true for a lot of young people. Yeah. They do that. Yep. And to save money, you know, I started buying flavored fruit drinks, which as, you know, basically fake juice with lots of high fructose corn syrup, you know, you, that really added to my, to make it sweet, really. You know, when I started putting this together, mm-hmm. kind of looking at some of the research and things, Leah, I started looking at just what are people drinking and what are they buying? Yeah. And so when I pulled in to buy gas, I kind of looked to see what are people coming out of the stay at the convenience stores yeah. and in their arms? And it was this, a lot of men, young men, were bringing out these jugs of yes. flavored fruit drink. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what they were living on all day to keep their energy up. Sure. They were just pounding sugar right into their oh. system all one after another after another oh, all day I long. was right there with them. Yes. Yeah. So the Center for Disease Control and Prevention recently said that 40% of Americans, and you can see why, Mm -hmm. they're developing type 2 diabetes. And I think it's, you know, the young people that are drinking this flavored fruit drink, they think they may not be gaining weight right now, but it's affecting their systems. So basically what we're saying is, Two out of every five people will get type 2 diabetes, yeah. almost half the population. That's amazing. You know, yeah, and exactly what you had said, Tar, it's not something that, you know, it's when, even though it's happening on a cellular level, you know, it could be happening for years and mm-hmm. years and years before the, they really start to gain weight and their blood sugars start to become problematic. But it's usually been going on for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And right. one of the things that sometimes what people have to do is when they go in to get their blood chemistries drawn, they have to start looking at that triglyceride yes, number. Yes, that's like a Because that is a clue. If that's that right. tri- triglyceride number starts to go up, they know that they're in trouble. That's right. That's right. So is it that time It's already? that time again. All yeah. Right. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I think we all know that regular pizza contains too many carbohydrates and sugar to be a food to support metabolism. But I bet a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Because you just said carbohydrates and sugar. That's right. And they always think, oh, yeah, it's got fat, but not carbohydrates and sugar. And there's lots of that, definitely. Um, But let's face it, most, you know, 
of us like the taste of pizza. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, that's right. So one of my favorite recipes is in the Weight and Wellness Cookbook and Nutrition Guide is the deep dish pizza. Right? I said that. Deep dish pizza. Yep. And if you are missing your pizza, pick up and order the Weight and Wellness Cookbook and give this recipe a try. It's gluten-free, it's hearty, and it's great tasting. And this cookbook is a real help with great recipes that taste Amazing. I've made a lot of them in there. And everything that's listed is gluten-free or dairy-free yep, or you how, how you make it gluten-free or dairy-free. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And costs only twenty four ninety five. So to order one, you could stop into any of our offices or give the office a call at 651-699-3438. Questions about metabolism, call us in the studio at 651-641-1071. Are your clothes fitting a little tighter? Do M&M cravings strike like clockwork every afternoon? Finding it harder to lose weight or experiencing low energy? You may need to jumpstart your metabolism. Nutritional Weight and Wellness has helped thousands of people heal their metabolism, and they can help you heal yours. Jumpstart Your Metabolism, a two-hour class, teaches you the secrets to increase metabolism by eating real food in balance. Did you know that protein revs up your metabolism for hours and that you need to eat fat to lose fat? Learn how balancing your blood sugar can help you lose weight, conquer cravings, and increase your energy. This empowering class is for anyone who needs to get back on track, is tired of starvation diets, and who wants a simple, nutritionally sound approach for lifelong health and well-being. Jumpstart Your Metabolism classes are taught at nutritional weight and wellness offices and other locations throughout the Twin Cities. Call 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com to find a class near you. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Leah Wetzel, also a licensed nutritionist. And we're discussing how insulin resistance affects metabolism. I want to alert you to several very important two-hour classes coming up in January. First, it's Jumpstart Your Metabolism, and we're actually teaching it in several different places. We're teaching it Wednesday, January 14th in Buffalo. And in St. Paul on Monday night, uh, January 19th, and on January 22nd in Wyzetta. Mm-hmm. And all those are from 6 to 8. And then we have another new and important class. Yeah. And you're actually teaching this I one. I am teaching it. It's key, vitamin and, key Vitamins and Minerals for Good Health. And Leah's going to be in Mendota Heights yep. teaching that on Wednesday, January 28th. So it's a time to get all your questions answered about just basic vitamins and minerals. Sure. And all. Yeah, it's a great, very comprehensive class. It's a very comprehensive yeah. class. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun class to teach. Good. Yeah, oh. I like it a lot. So to register for any of these classes, call 651-699-3438, or you can go on our website, weightandwellness.com. Great. And we were talking about insulin resistance before yeah. we went on break and how that affects your metabolism. And the fact that, as you had said before break, that two out of every five people will de- start from their insulin resistance will develop type 2 diabetes. Right. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So insulin resistance occurs before the type 2 diabetes and metabolic syndrome. And so it can, like we were talking before, it can occur 
years yes. ahead of type 2 diabetes. Yes, yes. Like, as for me as an example, I think my insulin resistance started as a child. Yes. Um, with my poor eating habits that I, you know, throughout, you know, I would say I was I was on that path for a good 15, 20 years before the symptoms started to show up um, with the inflammation that I had developed and the weight gain that I developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So it can happen for a long time before you're aware of it. And this is a little technical about the, you know, so we really need to understand what is insulin resistance. So we all want you to turn up your radios because we're going to attempt to explain it in a way that everyone can understand. First, you have to realize that insulin is actually a hormone mm-hmm. and it's made in our pancreas. A very powerful hormone. It is. Yes. People don't realize that it is a hormone. Yes. And then insulin is released into the bloodstream after eating food. Mm-hmm. And insulin's job is to help the body's cells absorb sugar and starches from the food that you just ate. That's right. That's right. If everything's going good, everything's going good. Ed. That's right. It does its job, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you have insulin resistance, the cells in your bodies become desensitized to insulin and they don't use it effectively to absorb the sugar or glucose. Right. And so, you know, you you think about something and becoming desensitized. I always think about, you know, if you go into a room with a lot of noise, at first you're kind of in a state of shock, but then you kind of start to absorb it and you don't even notice how noisy it is yep after you're in and that's kind of what this does the cells get desensitized that's right that's right and the cell receptors become partially blocked so the insulin cannot do its job right yeah so over time the glucose or the sugar kind of builds up in your bo- in your bloodstream that's right the pancreas becomes confused mm-hmm. so it produces more insulin to cope That's right. Which then leads to an excess of both the insulin and the glucose in the blood. Yes. So then you got too much insulin and too much glucose or too much sugar in the blood. That's right. And the glucose from the sugar and the processed carbs makes body fat. So insulin is our fat storage hormone. It is. When you have lots of insulin, your body's just storing that fat. So again... You know, if you're gaining weight easily, yes, it's the insulin that is storing the body fat, making the body fat, and in time, in time it leads to diabetes, that yeah. type two diabetes, and in time it leads to heart disease. So, Dar, where do people tend to gain that body fat when they have insulin resistance? Around the middle. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, I have a story to tell you. Yeah. Um, I think we had our nutrition for weight loss class in the Mendota Heights location like last Thursday night, I believe. Okay. And I think you were working. uh, Not on Thursday night, but I, yeah. Okay. Well, someone that was taking the class saw you Mm. and said, Leah is so trim (laughs) (laughs) and looks so healthy. She hadn't seen you for a while. Yeah. And so... You know, whatever you're doing, keep doing. Working, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you talk about that fat storage and, you know, but when I was gaining weight, you know, I gained like 50 pounds in six months. 
Um, wow. Yeah, it was a short, short period of time. Um, really around the midsection. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, we can notice the, the gaining of weight around the midsection in skinny people. Like mm-hmm. people that are not overweight can still have insulin resistance. And a body sign could be where, where do you gain your weight? If it's exactly. around the middle, that could be a, a warning sign like the triglycerides of early onset of insulin resistance. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah well, I'd like to know who that was. I, <laughs> but, yeah. So when, you know, when I was drinking the fruit juice, you know, that at 10 teaspoons of sugar per cup, I was creating a state of insulin resistance. And, you know, of course, I, like I said, I gained a lot of weight in that relatively short amount of time. You know, after I started working at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, I learned that there is more to the story. And then I learned that if I didn't reduce and get rid of my own insulin resistance, it could affect my health, my health, but also the health of um, my offspring or my children that, you know, now I have, but at that point, you know, I didn't. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So actually, there's some research on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to researchers from the Jocelyn Diabetes Center in the Department of Medicine at Harvard Medical School, Harvard puts out a lot of good research. They on do. This. They found women who have insulin resistance during pregnancy have the potential to affect the growth and the metabolism of their children. Wow. Yeah. So if the mother has insulin resistance, it increases the risk for their children to have insulin resistance and obesity. Wow. I think we need to dig into that a little bit more, but first, we got to oh. take a break. Okay. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I've had my share of inflammation and asthma, so I wanted to share some wisdom I've personally found to be true. You know, as a high school and college student, I'm sad to admit that I did not eat to support my lungs. I didn't know the importance of correct nutrition at that point. So, you know, if you have asthma or joint problems, pain and inflammation, I really encourage you to take the Weight and Wellness Series starting the week of January 27th. We have classes in all six locations. Just go online at weightandwellness.com and check the, the dates and locations that work best for you. Food matters when you have knee problems. Food matters when you have hip problems. Food matters when you have asthma. Food matters. Call 651-699-3438 to sign up or go to our website at weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Let me invite you to the Community Wellness Day, and that's Saturday, January 24th, and it's at Jackson Middle School in Champlin. And we're going to start the day at 8 a.m., doing our live broadcast on Dishing Up Nutrition. That's great. I, you know, And as far as I know, people can just show up and sit in and, and listen. Cool. And our special guest that day will be Greg Peterson, and everybody loves Greg. Yeah, he's a wealth of knowledge. So we're going to talk about six important supplements at least. Mm-hmm. At Probably least. more. Probably <laughs> more. So, join, so, you know, I invite you to join Brenna, myself, and Greg that early morning. So, you know, you can step up the mic and ask your personal questions, and I'm mm. encouraging people to do that. Um, I will also be teaching a couple of classes that morning, Five Steps to Boost Metabolism, 
and nutrition to reduce aches and pains. My understanding that the classes are full, but, you know, stop by and listen to the radio show broadcast early. Yeah. And this event is sponsored by the Anoka Hennepin Community Education. That's going to be a fun event. It's it's a free event for people, and there's lots of vendors, and there's lots of things going on. And, you know, why not spend it in school, inside of a school on these cold winter days? Yeah, that's right. So... Time for anyway, that. we were talking about what really is causing, you know, we're talking about insulin resistance. Yes, and you're giving and, some research information from the right. Harvard Medical School. And basically that if you have insulin resistance and you're pregnant, and that gives, the, it increases the risk for your children to have insulin resistance and obesity. Yes, that's right. Um, you know, and if we take that research information one step further, we realize that 68% of the population is either overweight or obese. And we know that since 19, the 1950s that we've been, there's been this huge push for eating low fat and high carb and the very type of diet which can easily lead to too much, you know, uh, that easily can lead to too much of your insulin resistance. Yeah, at least yeah. too many carbohydrates too many. and too, many, too much insulin resistance. That's right. You know, and I, it kind of jogs my memory of a consultation I had yesterday of uh, a client that type 2 diabetes and um, working with um, a lot of um, very well-trained physicians down at Mayo Clinic that still preach the low fat, mm-hmm. low fat, low fat, low fat. And it's really unfortunate. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. So here's something to think about. If you were born in 1965, so you're basically kind of turning 50. Mm -hmm. And perhaps if your mother followed the food pyramid diet, you actually could have had insulin resistance since birth with a very slow metabolism. So if your mom ate a lot of processed carbohydrates and low fat, truly you could be insulin resistant from birth. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. So we have to ask, does obesity run in families or does insulin resistance run in families? Mm. And what effects do the family food choices have? So, you know, here's, is it a tradition to make and eat lefsa? Yeah. (laughs) Around here. Yes. Or the Christmas cookies. Yeah. Or the bars. Yes. Or the jello salad. Yes. You know, the jello salad is basically sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, mashed potatoes, rice crisp, rice crispy bars. I have a hard time even saying that. <laughs> or, you know, here's another one that a lot of families do. They they have this tradition to take a trip to the Dairy Queen. Oh, we had that tradition. For blizzards. Oh, yeah, all summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every week. So is it genetics? Hmm. Or is it food choices? That's yeah. That's a good question. You know, in my family, it was you know a tradition to eat cold cereal for breakfast. But you know what? I used to eat it a lot for snacks. I think that's a tradition for a lot of families. Oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. You know, all of those family traditions, you know, that Dar mentioned, are high in sugar, high in processed foods, and nutritionists would call these high glycemic foods. It's just another name for high sugar foods, which leads to insulin resistance and slow metabolism. So 
let's let's take a look at some of the other countries and what's going on with other countries. Let's Sounds look good. at what's happening in India. Yeah. I was fascinated with yeah, some of the research. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. Diabetes is considered an epidemic in India. Yeah. Like, there are more than 62 million diabetic individuals wow. in India today, and most with type 2 diabetes. So a report published May 30th, 2014, found that there has been a startling increase in the rate of obesity and overweight in both adults and children during the last 30 years in India. Wow. Isn't that interesting? We that, just don't think that. No. Right. According to a study conducted by the doctors from India's National Diabetes, Obesity, and Cholesterol Foundation, found that if an Indian mother is even slightly overweight, the odds of her infants of being overweight are in the favor. The foundation reports note that in many Indian cities, most two-thirds of new mothers are now obese or overweight. Almost, yeah. Just think about it. almost two-thirds yeah. are of new mothers are obese or overweight in India now. So you have to ask, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And this is what the report said, basically. Busy working Indian mothers are now feeding their babies and children commercial prepackaged ready-to-eat meals. Where does that sound familiar? Uh-huh. <laughs> They're not taking the time to prepare foods from scratch as previous generations had done. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's interesting. The change in food has made a change in insulin resistance and a change in diabetes and a change in obesity. Yeah, just like here. Yes. That's right. It would seem that throughout the world we have had an epidemic of insulin resistance and slow metabolism, which leads to weight and obesity problems. So again, we oh you what we should take a caller. We have a caller. On okay, the line. we should take a caller yeah. then, Leah. Keep really right right on going. That's right. Okay. Thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition, Stacy. You have a question for tips for helping with getting your metabolism working. Yeah, I was just curious if you had some. Um, so I've been listening to the whole show. Oh, great! So I've cut you know the no pop and. Um, cutting down on sugar and things like that, which are choices that we've already kind of made as a family. Do you have some um, some other tips for jumping to jumpstart metabolism? So are you kind of dealing also with some insulin resistance or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, then what you have to do is take a look at what are some of the things that could help with insulin resistance. And I think looking at how many carbohydrates you eat for a meal. Yep. And I'm thinking vegetable carbohydrates. Keeping that number probably around 25 to 30 mm-hmm. per meal. So, you know, if you're thinking about that, that's about 3 3 cups of green beans. Yep. Is okay. 30 30 grams of carbohydrates. So, it doesn't leave much room. That doesn't leave any room for rice. <laughs> right. <laughs> or a piece of bread or yeah. any of those things. So you have to really change that and pick your carbohydrates as vegetables, basically. Okay. And then I think also looking at basically getting rid of anything that has, you know, a refined oil. Yes. No more soybean oil. No more corn oil. No, you know, just no. stay 
Go ahead. Oh, it's just because they no trans fat, no hydrogenated oils. You got to get rid of all uh, partially hydrogenated or hydrogenated oils. So the hidden words for trans fats because those are definitely um, big culprits for insulin resistance. So what would be a good oil? So I make um, I make homemade mayonnaise just because I prefer it. Sure. Good. And do you use olive use, oil? I'm sorry. What? Do you use olive oil in your mayonnaise? I don't because it makes it too it makes it too olivey. But I've been using um, sunflower oil. But I'm just curious. What would you recommend for an oil? I think an unrefined. Uh, cold pressed or expeller pressed ex- expeller pressed oil, uh, safflower oil, yeah. something like that would probably be the best. Safflower okay. works really well with mayonnaise. Yeah, mm-hmm. a safflower oil. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you know some of the other things that you you've got to make sure that you're eating protein. Protein. You know, yeah. five times a day. You know, anywhere from two to four ounces of protein, not too much, just the right amount. Because if you get too much, then that actually it turns into some glucose in your body yeah. too. Okay. So it's it's really being somewhat strict with what you're eating, but eating enough. Yeah. And eating frequently, and also taking omega three fish oil really helps okay. to regenerate those receptors. And so, vitamin D as well. And vitamin D, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is it is squash considered a heavily carbed vegetable? It, it is, or? but a half a cup is fine. And same thing with sweet potatoes. Yeah. Like a half cup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you okay. can eat those so things, but just can't eat a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Thank you. But that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So thank yeah. you for calling this morning. Thanks I so think, much. Okay. Bye. I think a lot of people were wondering that very same thing. So. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's break time, Dar. Okay. All right. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If your blood sugar numbers are getting too high, I encourage you to sign up for the Weight and Wellness Series starting in the week of January 27th. If you have aches and pains, I encourage you to take the Weight and Wellness Series. If you have trouble sleeping, I encourage you to take the Weight and Wellness uh, Series. If you are a nurse needing continuing education credit, sign up for the Weight and Wellness Series. You can earn 14.4 CEUs. Call 651-699-3438. When my family starts with, what's for dinner, what's for dinner, sometimes I feel the answer is a plate of desperation with a big side of stress. With no plan, it's too easy to hit the drive-thru or the deli for a meal that's overpriced and overprocessed. But now there's an answer to the daily dining dilemma, the Weight and Wellness Way Cookbook and Nutrition Guide. Because it's a cookbook, it's got recipes sure to become family favorites. Because it's a nutrition guide, it explains how to eat for good health. You'll feel good, too, eating real food that tastes delicious. The nutrition educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness have helped thousands of people use nutrition science to feel their best. And now you can find their wisdom summed up in one book. Then the next time they start with, what's to eat? You can say wild rice meatballs or easy almond chicken or an egg bake for brunch. Real food and real nutrition will make it real easy with the Weight and Wellness Cookbook and Nutrition Guide. Get your copy for $24.95 at any Nutritional Weight and Wellness location or online at weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you're experiencing hot flashes, night sweats, if you have sleep problems, mood swings, Mm -hmm. weight gain, adult acne, I invite you to join us for a day-long menopause seminar. 
Now, you're going to learn the nutritional aspects of menopause symptoms. Um, we will share concrete suggestions in a fun and lively presentation. So join me and Kate Crosby mm-hmm. as we help you understand and find solutions to your menopause issues. It's it's really interactive. That's, so yeah. it is okay to ask a question. Yeah. You know, we're going to serve a nice, organic, gluten-free lunch. And Great. we have two nice snacks for breaks. And the menopause seminar will be Saturday, February 7th from 10.30 to 3.30 at our St. Paul location. So I encourage you to sign up at 651-699-3438. And our last seminar, people loved it. Yeah. And it was full house, and we had a great time. That's great. So should we take a couple of callers? Yeah, we have some callers on the line. Lisa, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about sugar cravings? Yeah. Boy, I just heard the menopause seminar. That sounds great. Yeah, you should join. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I decided, because um, I'm 50, almost 55, and just for my own health, mm-hmm. to um, stop or either just limit alcohol. Um, and my sugar cravings are huge. Yep. Um, and so I'm trying to find a way to to quell those. Um, you know, and, uh, so I, I try to limit my bread, but I'm like a peanut butter junkie, and I, I get the real stuff, the real peanut butter, you know, no sugar, but boy, I could live on it. Well, I think what you probably have to do is start putting your peanut butter on apple slices yeah. and get on rid apple. of the bread because I think the bread is increasing your cravings for okay. sugar. But there's a couple of other things. When people are stopping alcohol and stopping sugar, there's, you know, we have about three things that really help that transitional mm-hmm. time. One is called Crave Control Plus. And so I would encourage you to take like, you know, two or three before every meal. Mm-hmm. And it really reduces the cravings. And there's no stimulants. or It just supports the production of your neurotransmitters. Very okay. healthy. People feel great on it. Yep. And the other two things, one would be bifidobacteria. Because that puts the good bacteria into your intestinal tract. And that reduces those cravings. But the other one that really works well for intense sugar cravings and alcohol cravings is L-glutamine. Mm-hmm. And L-glutamine. two or three capsules of L-glutamine before every meal. And you can actually open a capsule and put it on your tongue. And it tends to take away the sugar cravings That's for right. people. Okay, so I want to write that down. So the first one was craving control? Crave, crave control plus. Crave control. And that's a, is that a supplement? Yeah, yeah, it's a supplement at our office. Okay. And then... Bifidobacteria, which is, you know, the good bacteria that we have in our intestinal tract. And then do you get that in something or you just take it as a supplement? As a supplement. Okay. And originally it comes in breast milk, so Mm -hmm. it's a very healthy supplement. And then L-glutamine, which is an amino acid, really comes from meat, but it's hard to get enough of it in your Mm -hmm. system when you're going through these cravings. And I don't eat meat, so that's... Oh, that's I was going to say is another thing that would be helpful, too, is to get enough protein in and um, meat having the kind of primary building blocks to really help boost your brain chemicals to get rid of cravings. Um, but so, if you don't eat meat, you really do need uh, these supplements yeah. to support. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. I, I bet you'll find that that really helps a lot. And I look forward to the menopause seminar. Oh, good. Thank you. I'll see you there then. (laughs) Thanks for the call, Lisa. All right. So we have another caller. Do you want to take? All right. We can. Nancy, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question about a juice 
substitute for kids. Yes. Yes. Water. Yes. My grandkids <laughs> drink a lot of uh, apple juice. Yep. Yeah. And um, they dilute it most of the time. But um, what could they be giving them to, you, you know, know, substitute that? You know what I find is, um, how about buying little bottles of water? It's funny how, it's really of, interesting how kids, if they have this little bottle of water in their hand. If you make it fun. That makes it fun. Yeah. And it's special. Yep. And they can put the cap on and take it off. I mean, I don't know if they're old enough to handle the calves, but, I mean, that's one thing. It's, you've got to make some of these healthy things just fun. Mm-hmm. And I would I would just try to just slowly kind of dilute, like wean off the juice. So adding every time adding a little bit more water than juice and then getting to a point where maybe you just flavor the water with the juice um, just kind of help adjust their taste buds into um, drinking more um, more water. Other things that I do uh, for my son when he's kind of looking for something a little different than um, plain water is we um, I use something called Dynamic Greens, and it's a powder, whole food powder that has a really good flavor to it, and they have lots of different types of flavors, um, like you know kiwi strawberry and. Sometimes I buy the chocolate and then I, I put that in water and I mix it up and that's his, I would say, quote unquote, juice. And mm-hmm. he loves it. Um, and, and it doesn't have any sugar. Doesn't have any sugar. It's sweetened, you know, naturally. Um, mm-hmm. And it has some uh, no. Yeah. So it's not going to spike their blood sugar and got some servings of fruits and vegetables for them, um, which is always a good thing to get in at that age. So, but you know, the other thing is if you even took an orange and you squeezed the juice lemon, out of yeah. one orange that's and right. put it in the water, that's enough. That's certainly enough sugar. That's right. So, that's a good substitute, too. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, there's nothing you can really buy in a no. jug. No. Yeah. They, not. You know, sugar is added to everything. That's right. And especially for kid products, kid drinks, they're always, you know, most of them are, yeah, just kind of full of junk, unfortunately. So, yeah. But yeah. thanks for the call and, and see if you can make an influence. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right. So, Leo, we were talking about what are the causes of insulin resistance and, mm-hmm. you know, all the research points to processed foods, especially foods containing processed carbs and sugar. That's right. So, let's take a look at some of the amounts of carbs in a typical meal. Sure, sure. So, now remember. That 30 to 40 grams of carbs for a meal is the ideal amount for most. Except for if you're running marathons or working outside in the cold in the winter. And maybe, you know, if you're still worker on the new Viking Stadium in the cold, you burn up more calories. But for carbs. In carbs, yep. Um, But for the average person who is sitting and sitting and sitting, especially this time of year, about 30 to 40 grams of carbs won't lead down the path to insulin resistance and slow metabolism. So last night I stopped at one of our local big box stores that contain a grocery store. Mm. And I decided to see what some of the TV dinners and frozen dinners contain for carbs. Sure. Because I have a client that always wants to be eating these things. Yes. I got to know. So the smart ones, frozen meals, contain about 50 grams of carbs per meal. Yeah. But they also contain many different refined and damaged fats. Yes. And not something that would help insulin resistance. Right. They might be worth only a few points. Yeah. But they contain too many carbs unless, of course... You're a steel worker, then you probably could handle those. Right, right. 
You know, everybody talks about Taco Tuesday, which used Taco to be Tuesdays, used to yes. be my Tuesday lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taco Tuesday, uh, Taco chips and medium-sized drink will give you about 136 grams of carbs, which is about 34 teaspoons of sugar. While just one of the grande burrito scramblers with sausage equals about 67 grams of carbs or, you know, 17 teaspoons of sugar. Or if you grab a blueberry muffin at, at Starbucks, you end up with about 55 grams of carbs or almost about 14 teaspoons of sugar. So let's look at that Friday night family tradition of ordering in pizza. Mm. A family of four might split a large pizza. Well, they might order two, but really. Yeah. A large pizza with a normal crust has between 285 and 300 grams of carbohydrates. Wow. So each person eating a fourth of it would get about 75 grams of carbs. And then what, they, what do they do? They sit down and watch a movie. Yes. So it's twice as many carbs as most people can tolerate. And the extra carbs turn to body fat and insulin resistance. That's right. That's right. You know, a great book to read to really understand insulin resistance and the dangers of eating too many carbs is Why We Get Fat by Gary Tobbs. He covers some practical information plus some more technical information. Gary Tobbs was a guest on Dishing Up Nutrition on March 17th, 2014. You know, that was a great show and a great, yeah, great interview. You can listen to that podcast by going to weightandwellness.com and clicking on the past radio shows. So as you're listening to our discussion and struggling with a slow metabolism, and I would suggest taking our weight and wellness series to really yeah. understand how foods are affecting very your metabolism. very comprehensive. Comprehensive. It's great. You know, one of our favorite sayings, or at least my favorite saying, is to know and not to do is not to know. Yeah. But on the other hand, everyone needs correct information so they can do. Eating prepackaged foods with excess carbs, just because it's lower in car- calories, will not help you heal insulin That's resistance. That's right. So, great show, thank Dar. you, Leah. Thank you, Dar. Thank you, listeners. All its petals on me. Life, I love you. All is groovy. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.